power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Father, we are grateful unto you this morning. With every fiber of our being, we say thank you. Thank you for January. Thank you for February. Thank you for March. Thank you for April. Thank you for May. Thank you for June, July, August, September, October, November, and now we are in December. And in faith, we even thank you for 2020. Because we know with you we are entering 2020 with all triumph, with your blessings following us, with your glory as our red God. Lord, we give you glory. We thank you for a glorious year that is about to end and an even more glorious year we are about to enter. Lord, we say we are grateful. With everything that we have, we thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Can you put your hands together for the Lord this morning? Shall we take our seats? I wish I could turn it into a thanksgiving service. Yeah, we, we have a lot to be grateful to God for. In fact, Wednesday is, is a testimony service. Hallelujah. Midweek service, a testimony service. Just come and express your gratitude to God. Amen. There are some things God does in our lives. The way to seal it is to give a testimony stamp on it once and for all by giving a testimony the bible says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and so a testimony is also a weapon hallelujah and i've told you here before that the hebrew word for testimony actually means do it again that's what it means so as you give the testimony and as people are celebrating with you it's a way of saying god as you have done it for a do it again repeat it in somebody else's life hallelujah so as we come to declare testimony, it doesn't matter how little the thing is it doesn't have to be a big thing god did that you got a contract of one million dollars but that one too will come hallelujah <laughs> but just the little things let's be grateful for the little things in our lives amen you don't need to have been healed as a cripple I don't see any cripples here hallelujah and we thank god that we can all walk on our two in fact that alone is a testimony amen yeah and so just just come and give god thanks for the very little things he's done in our lives amen all right so today how many of you are ready for the word how many of you are ready for the word yeah sound people i like the way i'm sounding today i sound like me so next week make sure i sound like me 2020 let me sound like me amen hallelujah so we're still on the series on unclean spirit we did familiar spirits one familiar spirits two we did witchcraft one two three and four we finished it on wednesday some of you thought we were done on sunday but uh, those who were at midweek service you know we completed we put the final seal on on the witches and wizards on when we we dealt with witchcraft in the church yeah witchcraft in the, we finished and we prayed certain prayers and prophylactic prayers i believe <laughs> yeah so today we are continuing the series on unclean spirit 
As for the unclean spirits, there are a lot of them. I won't teach on all of them, right? There are a lot of unclean spirits that have been mentioned in the Bible. Um, we have things like tormenting spirits. We have things like uh, jealousy, uh, envy, the spirit of envy. Maybe that one I may teach on the spirit of envy. Because we, 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 we see envy as a very little thing, but envy gives birth to hatred, and hatred gives birth to murder. That was what happened, the typical algorithm in the Cain and Abel story. Hatred, envy, hatred ended in murder. So it can be a very serious thing. So there, there are a lot of things we can talk about, but I'll be selective. Today, I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of first timothy chapter 4 first timothy chapter 4 reading from verse 1 first timothy chapter 4 from verse 1 it said now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith you know we always talk about an end time revival we always talk about an awakening in the end time where there'll be a massive harvest of souls and all of that but what we don't talk about is the fact that the bible also prophesies a falling away so as much as people will be coming into the kingdom there will be others too who will be falling away so he's saying here that the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils so today i'm talking about seducing spirits and doctrines of devils seducing spirits and doctrines of devils next speaking lies in hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron next forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which god had created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth hallelujah so the bible is talking about the fact that in the last days when, when the Bible says the Spirit speaketh expressly, it's like putting invisible exclamation marks on the thing. The Spirit speaketh expressly without ambiguity, without mincing his words, that in the last days there shall be people who will depart from the faith. Departing from the faith means you, you end up in hell. So, this mentality that once you are saved, you can never lose your salvation is never true. You decided to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And you, the same person, can decide to unaccept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Hallelujah. He said, in the last days, many shall depart from the faith. And the reason they will depart from the faith is that they will succumb to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Say, seducing spirits say oh why are you angry with me or is the word seducing that you don't want to say <laughs> say seducing spirits seducing. say doctrines of demons hallelujah if i take the subject of seducing spirits alone it's so broad anything that qualifies as deception is under the spirit of seduction because seduction is like you create a scenario where the thing looks like it's good but it's actually a trap that is seduction and seduction actually finds its strength 
in the desires of the subject of the seduction the things that you like are what you are seduced by hallelujah so if you're a man and you like abnormally tall women <laughs> if the enemy wants to seduce you he won't bring a very short one hallelujah so the spirit of seduction thrives on on what you like your tendencies and but i'm not going to speak about seduction in that light all right not not in the physical sense i think on wednesday i went into that a bit when we dealt with uh, the, the jezebel spirit and all of that so that one has been covered but there are a lot of things that are being presented to us in christianity the bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man but the end result is destruction there are a lot of things that that look fine they look okay and i'm going to look at this whole thing along the lines of teachings along the lines of preaching nowadays there are a lot of things you see the bible talked about the fact that people's conscience has been seared with hot iron and trust me there are a lot of believers who have lost the conviction of the holy spirit especially when it comes to the subject of sin one of these days i'll do a series on the doctrine of sin take time and teach you well about the subject of sin and it's all because of certain things that are coming out of the pulpit deceptions that are coming out of the pulpit today some of the things i'll say those of you who have been in church very long those who are here the first few months i i did a midweek service on on doctrine and i showed you how to test doctrine and and stuff like that. i'm going to say some of those things. so those of you who were there don't look at me like i know what you are coming to say next it's a very very bad spirit hallelujah you don't know in fact you are forgotten <laughs> you are forgotten and some of these truths are so important that it's necessary to repeat them from time to time and the truth is that i believe 90 percent of those here were not in that service at that time those days midweek we, we, we used to be like 30 people and stuff like that you know so like 95 percent of you don't know what I'm, I'm i'm going to say so for the five percent who know it it is revision for you hallelujah it is consolidation so that when i send you to go and pastor a branch one day that word will be cemented deep down in you it will come out of you like naturally amen when i talk about the fact that oh when i send you to go and be about some people are like hey 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 the time will come amen the time will come you don't see yourself as able but the time will come and you shall be able amen you will be able i told you if i should send some of you to go and pass it you don't have a problem with sermons you have two and a half almost three years of sermons there copy i mean it's it's, it's allowed but in the established churches they have what we call the almanac those of you who have been presbyterian church methodist church the almanac, your sermons are determined for you from the beginning of the year they have the almanac every week there's what you don't get out of saying today the holy spirit laid this one upon my heart maybe you can do that for some midweek service or something. but sunday it is there with the scriptures and everything ah easy oh you sometimes on saturday i'm there i'm telling my i don't know what i'm going to preach oh Eh, but for you to be easy is there if you if you want to take something just take it and add your own anointing to the thing and, and even make it better 
Hallelujah. So the Bible is saying people will, will succumb to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Doctrines of demons. So when we say doctrine, what do we mean? There are a lot of terms we use and we don't even understand. Doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. Doctrine simply means teaching. It means teaching. Hallelujah. There is another word too which is dogma. I'm sure you've heard the word dogma before. When we say something is dogma or something is dogmatic, what we mean is that it is a central truth in the faith that cannot be compromised on. For example, the fact that Jesus is the son of God is dogmatic to the Christian faith. If you come and you say something else, then you are not with us. You are not a Christian. Hallelujah. One of the works of the seducing spirits in this day is to make us believe that we are all worshipping the same God. It's, it's one of the greatest deceptions. Because you see, it sounds nice. It's, it sounds comforting. It sounds... And you see, when we, when we accept that lie, it kills the fire for evangelism. Because oh, all of us, we are worshipping the same God. We and the Buddhists and we and like everybody, we all worship. It is not the same God we are worshipping. Hallelujah. If you want to know whether it's the same or not, it's the characteristics. You look at the characteristics. What they say, what they do, what they require. One can say you should marry one. And the same will say you can marry four. It's not possible. It can't be the same. Hallelujah. It can't be the same. Even within the, the so-called Christian fraternity, there are some sects within the Christian fraternity. The things they believe don't they, they fall outside certain established dogmatic truths. The Jehovah Witness Jesus is different from our Jesus. I'm telling you the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it as it is. In their Bible, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Another of the dogmatic truths in Christianity is that Jesus is God. The Muslims also have Jesus. They call him Isa in the Quran. The characteristics of the Isa in the Quran are different from the characteristics of, of the Jesus we have. They'll tell you that Jesus' mother was called Maryam, who was um, the sister of is it Moses or Aaron? something like that it's believed that he could talk as a baby <laughs> and he predicted the coming of Muhammad you know some people say when Jesus said I must leave and the comforter will come they believe the comforter it wasn't the Holy Spirit too but it was Muhammad Muhammad the comforter <laughs> so it, it can't be the same it cannot be the same. There are times we look like we are all doing the same. That the their Bible says, "In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was a God." That's what the Jehovah Witness Bible says. They don't believe Jesus Christ is God, like on the same level as the Father and stuff like that. We can't be on the same page. Hallelujah. The Mormons have their their own perception of who Jesus Christ is they have their own book the book of Mormon which was supposed to have been revealed to the founder by an angel 
whether it was an angel of light or doomsaw angel or whatever we cannot tell but something appeared to him and dictated another book outside scripture totally and so seducing spirits who want to make us believe that oh we are, we are all doing the same thing we are all no 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 there is only one way to God and it is through Jesus Christ if you are a Christian and you can't say this confidently there is something wrong with your being born again none of the leaders of faith was able to confidently state that I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me somebody will see it as what do you call it arrogance but he knows who he is he's, say, he's saying the truth hallelujah no one can come to the father except through me and the reason jesus is the only way is that he is the only one all the others they are there though they are waiting for judgment they will all stand in the line and they will stand in front of jesus christ to be judged all of them their bones are still here with us on earth but jesus if you are going to find his bone do you will not find it anywhere because he ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of god the father the reason why the blood of jesus is the only one that can cleanse him is that his blood was not contaminated you see he wasn't born the normal way a human being is born like a man having intercourse with a woman and a sperm meeting an egg fertilization and then it grows no when you are born that way you are born in sin but jesus was born as a result of the word that was spoken into mary's life and the word became flesh and he maintained this purity by ensuring that for 33 and a half years of walking on earth he never sinned if jesus had sinned once his blood would have been disqualified can you imagine walking on earth 33 years you are a normal human being with hormones and everything like everybody else and not even for one second did he think evil that must have been a serious i mean achievement 33 and a half years there not well if he has sinned once or even half of a sin his blood would have lost his relevance it couldn't have been you no if jesus has sinned what would have been used to cleanse his sin can you imagine that his blood is the only pure uncontaminated blood that is why it's the only blood that can wash sins away put your hands together for jesus it's the only pure uncontaminated blood that is why you can wash away your sin and so the bible is saying some are succumbing to doctrines of demons doctrines of demons there is a lot of misinformation and disinformation the disinformation i'm not speaking wrong english so it's, it's in the dictionary there's misinformation and there is disinformation with misinformation you are giving wrong information but there are two possibilities it could be because you yourself you are not sure of what you are saying or you are giving wrong information with evil intent but with disinformation there's nothing like it's purely for evil purposes that is disinformation with misinformation it could be that you yourself you don't know what you are saying and there are people who are preaching things and it's because they don't know what they are saying but there are others too that are deliberately preaching things that are meant to lead people into hell 
and so it's very necessary for us believers in this technological age i keep telling you that i won't deceive myself that i'm the only person you listen to you listen to other people i see people you people your dps and your statuses i know you listen to a lot of other people and, and it's good hallelujah when you are in a church where you are told listen to only your pastor the church is beginning to look like a cult when listen to my message on the church and the cult a cult doesn't have to be occultical it can be a prayerful group very spiritual group but the characteristics are those of a cult control you can't do certain things you can listen to only the preacher go and, don't go and listen it's like we are the only ones with the truth oh don't go and contaminate your mind with any other thing those are characteristics of a cult so i know i'm not the only person you listen to you listen to people on youtube you listen to people on on radio tv and all of those things yes it's good to enrich your knowledge but it's important for me to arm you with the necessary screening tools so that you know how to see what enters your mind and enters your spirit hallelujah and i'm going to show you five steps every message you listen to any doctrine you hear you must subject it to those five steps if it fails one of them it is not a correct doctrine it's as simple as that if it fails even one it must pass all the five if it fails even one it means it's not correct it cannot be from god hallelujah i believe in progressive revelation i believe i believe in progressive revelation but we have to know what we mean by progressive progression means you are at one point and you are improving on it not that something completely new that we've never heard before look it's the same holy spirit that came to a, the upper room that we have now you think god loves our generation more than the early church that he will keep certain things from them certain fundamental truths from them and it's only us in this our sin and our accepting gays and, and things and doing gay marriage if anything i think you even love the earlier church more than us hallelujah they were the ones who planted the church and you see there's always a special place for when you want to sail the canoe most of the time is on the shore there are people who come and push it from the shore onto the sea and there are others who will join when the thing has now started when it gets onto the sea the movement is easier but to push it in the sand and get it onto the shore is difficult you appreciate those who push the thing from the sand into the sea so if anything i believe the early church has a special place in god's heart they had to lay down their lives and they shed their blood so if there's any gracious revelation me if it's me i'll give it to them not this our generation that we behave we are some way it's like we love god we don't love god so we shouldn't deceive ourselves that there, the bible says there's nothing new under the sun when you hear something that is too new you have to start suspecting i'm telling you i'm telling you when you hear things that are too off so what are the five steps test number one and see before i start giving you the, the five steps eh? false doctrine can be very dangerous it's like rat poison they'll tell you that rat poison eh? they are commercially prepared rat poisons 
is like food that has been contaminated with the poison and they will tell you by the content that 99% of it is food it's just the 1% that is poisonous but when the rat eats that 1% he kills it that's how false doctrine is a lot of the other things can be good but if you are contaminated by one dangerous one the bible says a little yeast living it it causes something 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 like that small yeast it just causes the whole bread to become obolo like that that's false doctrine for you the five tests of doctrine test number one this is where those who were there will start rattling it in their heads i know you started already it's good <laughs> test number one is the test of origin everybody say the test of origin so what do we mean by the test of origin what is the origin of this doctrine what is the origin of this teaching there are three possible origins of any teaching that you hear there are three possible origins let's look at the first origin galatians chapter 1 verse 11 to 12 galatians 1 11 to 12 this is paul speaking he said but i certify you brethren that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man next for i neither received it of man neither was i taught it but by the revelation of jesus christ hallelujah so the first source of the first kind of origin you can have of any teaching or any doctrine is that it comes from god himself that is number one and let's not deceive ourselves that every doctrine or every teaching is coming from god so that is the first one the second let's look at colossians chapter 2 verse 21 to 22 give me niv for that one i like how niv puts that one or let's start from 20 actually from 20 it says since you died with christ to the basic principles of this world why as though you still belong to it do you submit to its rules next do not handle do not taste do not touch next these are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings that means the second source is human beings doctrines of men there are certain teachings they are not from god they are not from the word of god it's based on people's personal likes and dislikes yeah, he's talking about this and he said oh do not do this do not do this the things that are not in the way but it's, it's the human beings own um pet hates and stuff like that there are a lot of teachings that are born out of necessity it's like okay people are leaving the church too much so you have to coin something be and 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 try and make it look like it, when, when when you leave it's, it's like that you know what i'm talking about it's it's, it's they, are, they are they are doctrines of men doctrines of men me there are certain things i personally i'm not a big fan of but i don't come and stand here and tell you god says or if you do it it's it for example me for males right i'm not a big fan of wearing any other ring aside the wedding ring 
like you wear that ring. But there's nothing wrong with it too. There's some people they like jewelry. I, I've never put on a chain in my life. I've never done it. Like I, I please don't come and dash me a chain. <laughs> I'll dash it to somebody. Not that I don't appreciate it, but it's just not me. But if I come and stand here and say, if you're a man and you wear a chain, you don't have the Holy Spirit inside you. Or you wear a ring. Me, especially for people who are into ministry, when you're wearing any other ring aside your wedding ring, especially if the power of God moves in your ministry and you are into this, this, this they will say, uh, when you are ministering, the power of God moves that is what he uses to communicate with the spirit world we are a very suspicious generation hallelujah a very, very suspicious generation there are a lot of doctrines that have come as a result of human beings own what do you call it women don't wear trousers and things we we'll use the scripture where the bible says men should not dress as women and blah 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 you see the interpretation of that these cross dresses and transversals and things like that it didn't start now those things are spirits that were there from time immemorial those are the things they were talking about men who wear lipstick and look like say i'm called sheila and you know things like that that is what he was talking about that's what he was talking about men dressing as women and women dressing as men there's a portion of the scripture card that says talks about braids when i dealt with the church and fashion i i talked about some of these the braids they were talking about in those it's not the ones on your head i showed you a picture of what braids in those days it'll be huge on your head like the braids can be as long as you yourself your height and they felt in those days it was a distraction in the church can you imagine a lady sitting here and her braids they used to do it and it long like that and it's like you'll be looking at her it's like what is it that is are you carrying the world's problems upon your head so things that were distracting people in the church or somebody will take that and maybe the person now he doesn't like braids already there are men who like natural hair there are men who like short hair there are men who like braids so people can stand on their own personal preferences and create a doctrine out of certain things the bible calls the doctrines of men human beings your own likes and dislikes you have created a teaching out of it this thing called teaching eh, is a serious matter the bible says not many of you should be teachers because you receive the stricter judgment those of us who stand and we say hey, papa hey preaching there 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 are two lines in judgment you know lenient line and strict line we when we get there they'll put a strict strict judgment line because the things we tell you determine how you live your life and when i say teachers it also includes children's service teachers hallelujah yours is even more serious because you can speak some things into the child's mind eh, and you distort their life and the orientation in life forever So those of you who are preachers here it's good to be a preacher hallelujah but be careful the things you are teaching your people maybe you have some disciples somewhere 
they follow you and they call you papa and they call you daddy and it's, it's good to disciple people the bible said go and make disciples of all men he didn't say converts that's the mistake the church is making now we are making converts people say the sinners prayer and that is but we are not discipling people it's good to take people under your wings and grow them check on them have you prayed today when was the last time you fasted so when people are checking on you like that they are fulfilling scripture hallelujah it's not like they are worrying you amen yeah your cell overseers they are supposed to do that in your life check on you why didn't you come to church on sunday i say ah, but i'm a full-grown human being how can you be checking on me like that they are your shepherds they're supposed to be checking on you doctrines of men human beings people's ideas that they have they have they are fashioned into teaching i can't come here and teach you that hey if you're a woman you must marry somebody in the church by all means we are here they are taking our ladies away one by one one by one and the gentleman you are there they are taking them away one by one of course with the exception of pastor Alpha. please clap for pastor Alpha. he retained the good thing in the church they have been taken away one by one what can i do i can't do anything i can't come and coin a sermon <laughs> i said no don't befriend people in other churches it's against the spirit of koinonia <laughs> look this is easy to do you can coin something nicely and with a, a, a phrase the spirit of koinonia meaning don't don't be looking at the gentleman out there and the gentlemen within to either they are not looking or or you people to have been somewhere or i don't i don't even know i don't understand i don't understand they are going one by this year like i'm uh, very soon i'll be announcing another one <laughs> uh, was it last week i announced we need one i know so i'm on a neighbor mary they've come to take her away next week i'll announce another one she told they'll take her away like that but what can we do the gentleman too will bring people in hallelujah that is the beautiful part of the thing we shall balance the equation it's as simple as that balance everything should be balanced nicely doctrines of men the third source doctrines of demons that's what we read doctrine this one's there the, the doctrines are cooked from the pits of hell and fed to people and they too they either misinform or disinform people with it so those are the three possible sources or origins so the first test is the test of origin what is the origin of this the reason why there are five is that you may not be able to tell with one that is why the others are there to balance the thing and to give you further and better you know information so now you can't tell you've heard something you can't tell is this from god is it from man is it from demons that is where the next step comes in which is the second test it is called the test of authority say the test of authority say it again the test of authority what is the test of authority on what book is this thing based on is it the bible or the simple question is is it the, is the bible the authority 
you see the origin is different from the authority okay the authority is what what material is it based on is it the bible and for us christians if it is not the bible the bible as canonized as we accept it then it can't be acceptable it can't be any other book that's why i don't accept the book of mormon as the word of god it is not the bible hallelujah it's not the bible it has to be the bible what we teach can't come from the, you see we can refer to some of these things when we want to make a point but your teaching the basis of your teaching shouldn't be any other book other than the bible it's as simple as that and that is why the enemy will try to do whatever he can he's been trying for centuries now to try to discredit the bible that is why you shouldn't watch things like the da vinci code and those things that seem to cast some doubts in your mind about the authenticity of the word of god look the day god allows his word to be altered that day judgment day will be cancelled i'm telling you judgment will be based on the word of god the integrity of the word of god if god allows the enemy to change the word that day rejoice knowing that judgment day has been cancelled God would have, he said heaven and earth shall pass away but my word that's what my word is not possible but the enemy will try and put doubts in our minds oh and this thing they, they changed something some years back and they modified this to suit this and I'm sure you've heard some of these things before and the popes in those days because they were doing this and this and that and that and that all sorts of things just to cast doubts in your mind I showed you in this church the processes they went through to, to preserve the word of God. People died. People memorized the scripture. People transcribed the scripture to high levels of accuracy. To the point where people even knew the number of letters. Let's say if it's a whole uh, chapter they were transcribing. They knew the number of letters. I'm not talking about number of words. So number of letters. And to maintain this integrity if it is 230,000 letters. They note which one is in the middle such that when they count backwards and the middle point doesn't fall on that one it means they've made a mistake somewhere they need to go back and check and correct it that is the level of accuracy that that was applied in in, in securing the word of god it was written over a period of 1500 years which book took that long to write 1500 years by 40 different people The devil can't corrupt the word it is impossible anything you hear that puts doubts in your mind about the authority of the word of god the bible has been cooked from the pits of hell i'm telling you i stumbled on a documentary they were talking about the fact that what there was supposed to be a book of enoch and then there's they said there's supposed to be a gospel according to judas which was suppressed because its contents showed that Jesus is not God. And so they deliberately put it aside. Gospel, me if you put Judas in, I don't even read. This character, money lover, materialistic guy. The guy was so materialistic. When they took out the alabaster box, smelled the thing, he knew the label. He knew the brand and the price. 
the gospel according to Judas. And these things are in the system. Creating unnecessary arguments on social media and stuff like that. Don't subject yourself to some of these things. Hallelujah. It's just meant to confuse you and to place doubts in your mind as to the authenticity of the word of God. The word of God is sure. The word of God is true. The word of God is accurate. There are no contradictions in the word of God. If you see a contradiction or what looks like a contradiction is because of translation. And I've given you this example before. God told Abraham, or the Bible says in James, that God doesn't tempt a man. But the Bible says God tested Abraham. If you were translating into three, the word for test and tempt are the same thing. So that's what James will say. But when you go to Abraham's story, he'll say, Abraham. So when you look at it, it is contradiction. But you see, it's limitations in translation. The James one is tempt. And the one in Abraham's story is test. But for three, there's no difference between test and tempt. So you see that you say there's a contradiction. Another reason why we seem to see contradictions is that the Bible is a very balanced book. When you are trying to balance, one move is like the two things, the things you are trying to balance will move in the opposite direction. That's why sometimes it looks like contradiction. It is balance. Hallelujah. For you to have a balance, the swing, that one the children play, is like for there to be balanced, it will, it will have to seem like the two are in opposite direction. But the two seemingly opposite forces are all working together for one purpose, which is to create balance. That's why sometimes we think the Bible is contradicting itself, but it's for the purpose of balance. Hallelujah. The Bible is a balanced book. That is why our preaching must also be balanced preaching. You don't look at things from one angle and just hammer on it and make it look like that is the only truth. That is in the Bible. You have to put all the faces together. If you look at this speaker from this end, it looks different from when you look at it from the back. It looks different from when you look at it from the front. You need to put all of them together to get how the speaker looks like indeed. In fact, you have to even look at it from the top as well. And that's how the scriptures are. That is why we must know the word of God. To be able to put everything together nicely. Hallelujah. So the test of authority is the thing from the Bible. If it is not from the Bible. Sometimes people preach from poems. You can make an example from a poem. But you don't create a doctrine. And a whole teaching out of something somebody has said. There are certain things, statements that are just man's wisdom. Heaven helps those who help themselves. And people come and quote it like scripture. I remember when we were young, we were in a, a meeting. And we were praying. And some lady started, anytime she starts crying, we know she's coming to prophesy. So everybody kept quiet. It was getting to exams time. My children, my children. As the exam is coming, learn, oh learn. For heaven helps those who help themselves. Oh, sister, what's sad, you know? <laughs> hey, that girl, every meeting she prophesies. 
So when the guy is here and says, Shegu miso, this is going Shegu miso, Charlie. Shegu miso, give me the prophecy. Heaven help to so learn, oh, learn. Those of you who have exams, learn, oh, learn. If this thing about heaven helps those who help themselves was true, eh, then some of you, God, will never help you. Because you don't help yourselves. Hallelujah. But our God is merciful. Amen. Even if you don't help yourself, there is favor and grace available for you. Amen. Yeah. The test of authority. What is the source of the word? You can preach from books. You can preach from people's experiences. But they should be just examples. You don't create a whole doctrine out of it. There are people who have had experiences into heaven. They've gone into heaven. And stuff like that. If you are going to preach from any of those, check whether the things the people said they were seeing are consistent with scripture. Before you come and stand on a pulpit and use it to preach. Hallelujah. Yeah. Before you come and stand on a pulpit and use it to preach. The source. What is the source? Very, very important. So now, okay. You have done the test of origin. You feel like it's from God. You've done the test of authority. It's from the Bible. But the fact that it's from the Bible doesn't mean it's a right teaching. The scripture could have been misinterpreted. The scripture could have been taken in isolation and given an interpretation that doesn't conform with the rest of scripture. So that brings in the third test. It's called the test of consistency. Say the test of consistency. Yeah. You test it against the rest of scripture. Is it consistent with the spirit of what the rest of scripture is saying? Because the Bible is a holistic book. Is it consistent with what the rest of scripture is saying? So if somebody comes to you and says, like some people teach, that when you become born again, it is your spirit man that becomes born again. So it doesn't matter what you do with your body. It doesn't matter what you do with your flesh. God can't get angry with you anymore because of the blood. And God cannot see through blood. Hey! God that can see every blood, he can't see through blood. Our hearts, our heart has blood inside. <laughs> is that God cannot see through. There are certain things, they sound powerful, but when you subject it to critical analysis, it's like, what is the basis of it? God cannot see through blood. Then if you have blood flowing through your body, then God cannot see through you. And based on some of these teachings, people are misbehaving in life, living their lives anyhow. Because he said, when you become born again, it's, it's your spirit man that matters. I overheard somebody preaching to somebody serious like he was sweating. And this was the doctrine he was trying to push into the person's mind. I was like, this thing, you are liberating the person into sin. I didn't want to know And you are coming to tell him that now you are born again. What you do with your body doesn't matter. It is your spirit that matters to God. And God doesn't see any bad thing that you do. Go and ask Ananias and Sapphira. Unless you can prove to me that they were not born again. Simple lie. Holy Spirit struck them dead. Bah! In fact, the Holy Spirit, nah, I said, why, why, why cool it down? Just cool down. 
Because what they did eh, is equivalent to pledging and not fulfilling it. Ah. It's a revelation. <laughs> it is the same. They went and promised that we are going to sell our land. Nobody forced them. They themselves said they were going to sell their land. And they were going to bring their money. Nobody forced them. You could have said, I'll sell the land and bring three quarters of the money. Fine. But they pledged. Say pledged. They pledged to bring a certain amount. And they decided to do some debit and credit at home. When they came, the man of God said, Why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Now more than they church. Who can give 500 cities? We work for it. Especially when there is laying on of hands. There's oil. Bring me oil. Bring me oil. Let me touch you. Or the person is a prophet and you are hoping that as you go for it, you see you and see something about you and tell you. You go for it. So he went for it. He didn't see anything to tell. He said, Kai, me, me, 500 CDs. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was God you pledged the money to. Ananias and Sapphira. They died instantly. I was like, hey, Peter, cry. When Sapphira died, he should have let them send a message to Ananias that Charlie, repent before you come. He waited for him to, he said, to talk. To talk, same thing, sir. Ah, the same way, bury them side by side. Nobody can convince me that they were not born again. Those days, eh, when you say you have accepted Christ, it means you really accepted. It's not now that people are saying it's like you know you are in church but you are, no 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 those days church was a death sentence you won't go and associate yourself with something that can kill you when you don't really believe in it do you understand me they will go to church and they can come and be rounded up killed like that if you really really don't believe in Christ and you've not accepted Christ as your Lord and personal say why should you go and join those people and end your life prematurely so those people believed in God. They believed in Christ. They believed in the message of Jesus Christ. So Ananias and Sapphira were born again. But God was angry with them for lying to him. So when somebody teaches you something like that. You look, is it consistent with the rest of scripture? I had somebody preach. A very renowned preacher. He said, you can't be more holy than how God made you holy the day you became born again. That means holiness is like it's imputed on you. It's, it's, it's like it doesn't matter. You can't be more holy. You, you can't be more. And I know this is not consistent with scripture. The Bible says, having therefore these promises, let us cleanse ourselves. And he was speaking to the church at Corinth. Let us cleanse ourselves of every filthiness of the spirit and of the flesh. Perfecting. Say perfecting. Holiness in the fear of God. When you are perfecting something, it means you are moving from stage to stage. Those playing the organ, I believe that when they started, this is not how they could play. But now they can jazz skills and do a, a, what do you call them? Grand, a, some of the things. Yeah, arpeggios and things like that. All sorts of things. They perfected it. And that is how holiness is. Hallelujah. So if you come and tell me, you can't be more holy than you were made holy. That means, like when you become born again, it's like holiness, boom, like that. 
you see it's out of that that the whole whatever you do doesn't matter comes from because it's like you have already been made holy you were made righteous on the day you became born again righteousness is a right standing with god but holiness is a right living it's right living so such a thing you subject it to what is the rest of scripture say when you hear it it sounds powerful and most of the time it sounds comforting because you know Charlie <laughs> and Koye <laughs> it says cleanse yourself some people believe as believers once you become born again you don't even have to confess sins anymore I've heard people preach that, that why should you confess sins as a believer the blood of Jesus cleansed you for now yesterday and even future sins it's coming up it's true because the blood was, was shed once but it's still speaking now so it has futuristic power but you need to engage the power of the blood our relationship with God eh, it's not about rules it's, it's a relationship thing confessing your sins is like apologizing for wronging somebody I can't say I have a covenant with my wife we said till death do us part so she can't divorce me so when I wrong her I won't apologize to her that's what you are saying when you say it's not going to change whether you go to heaven or not and so I, I won't apologize to go I won't tell God I'm sorry it's a relationship thing New Testament the Bible talks about not grieving the Holy Spirit that things we do that grieve the Holy Spirit we are supposed to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit when you do those bad things you see the way you feel inside it's the Holy Spirit inside you that is grieved and you need to apologize for grieving the Holy Spirit for relationship's sake if for nothing at all you even if you believe it won't take you to hell at least for relationship's sake tell him i'm sorry forgive me hallelujah and so we need to look at these things in the light of consistency with the rest of scripture so you ask is this doctrine established or refuted by the entirety of scripture if other portions of scripture refuted then you must look at it a second time four it's called the test of spiritual growth does the teaching promote growth does it cause you to grow spiritually very very important five the test of godly living does it promote godly living does it make you want to be more like god because the bible says god is holy the bible calls him the holy one in hebrew is hakadosh the holy one if there is anything that that is not promoting godly living promoting confusion it cannot be a right doctrine god is not the author of confusion anything that will put fear in you cripple you it cannot it cannot be right sometimes we preach right things but we don't preach it in a balanced way and so it ends up putting fear in the hearts of people so these are the five steps test of origin test of authority test of consistency with the rest of scripture you ask yourself does it promote spiritual growth and then does it promote godly living those are five steps you must take if the teaching fails any one of these things it is not the correct teaching and you must bundle it out of your life hallelujah yeah so now i also want to show you six types of preachers you must look out for six types of preachers I'm not coming to mention names of preachers i'm talking about types of preachers you must look out for i need to arm you with this 
because there are a lot of preachers out there six types of preachers number one is what we call the heretic heretic so you can type it and put the h-e-r-e-t-i-c the heretic the heretic who is the heretic the heretic is one who preaches things that are contrary to the dogmatic truths in christianity that's a heretic when somebody comes to tell you jesus is not god that is a heretic that is heretical teaching if somebody comes and tells you jesus didn't die for three days he went through hibernation he was comatose for three days the bible said he died dying means he died hallelujah the heretic preaches things that are they, they just oppose dogmatic truths the things those established facts about christianity those things you can't change those those unshakable truths is a heretic the heretic adds to scripture they add to scripture and subtract from scripture they'll quote the thing in a certain way to give it a certain meaning that fuels their line of argument i'm sure you've seen some before they'll, they'll in, intentionally omit certain parts and leave certain parts there's one very strong example but i won't give it here it will create a, if you want to come and see me in private i'll give it to you yeah like very very if you are not smart you won't see it but it's meant to validate a certain act in the church a certain practice in the church the scripture has been modified in a certain way and when you take the meaning of the new interpretation of the scripture and you take it side by side the original there's a very big difference but if you don't look between the lines you'll never see those are heretical teachings number two the charlatan say the charlatan the charlatan c-h-a-r-l-a-t-a-n the charlatan who is the charlatan the charlatan is the one who uses christianity as a means of personal enrichment the preachers who see christianity and ministry as a way of enriching themselves they see it as another professional it's like oh i can be a carpenter i can be a mason i can be a this a this a this. preacher is one of them they are into ministry because of the money and you can tell by their characteristics everything is monetized every prophecy has money attached to it if you don't sow the seed i will not prophesy there was one guy he was doing that and when I was chatting with him, he was like, hey, Jack, why yes, I come back to you. <laughs> That's what he said. Come back to you. Charlatans are created most of the time as a result of people moving ahead of God in ministry. People in a hurry, full-time, full-time, full-time. There's this mentality that if you are not doing full-time ministry, it means you are, not, you are not serious, like you are not doing proper ministry if i ask you who was the greatest and most effective of the apostles you tell me paul but paul wasn't the full-time apostle he was a tent maker on the side and he said the reason he was making things was that he didn't want to be a financial burden onto the people he was preaching to 
and this is what a lot of young people are missing now in ministry people run ahead of God when God hasn't called you to, 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 to stand on your own in ministry some of us we've been rejected science webs ah, God cornered us somewhere and this is the result of what we have now people are in a hurry to jump hey I also want to be called general overseer I want to be called founder do you know the kind of responsibility that kind of thing comes with you don't have an idea all the demons that are chasing the people by default they are chasing you too charlatans have been created out of that when you move ahead of God like that and now you are having financial difficulties you have to find ways of extorting money from people so you can live so your children can go to school when the right time comes for you to go full time and you go God will take care of you hallelujah when Jesus sent his disciples he says did you lack anything when I sent you when you lack it means he didn't send you hallelujah it means he didn't send charlatans have been created because people are rushing they are in a hurry they don't want to wait to be begged they don't want to go by God's timing hallelujah so those of you here don't don't rush don't rush their fathers eh, when young people now talk to them about going full-time they try to discuss they'll tell you look, don't make the mistakes we made take your time make sure it is really time because when you start and you move ahead of god and your children are hungry and they are being sacked for school fees and you will find ways of making money so people call people god says come and sow thousand cities into my life and god who hasn't said anything one guy was in the church he said the pastor always comes god says come and sow thousand cities every day thousand cities thousand cities and the wife got angry said hey, this pastor why he thinks we have plenty money no, knowing the pastor because of the guy's job had calculated what he thinks the guy earns. So when the guy went to see him one day, he said, The seed you are saying I should give, I don't have it. He said, Ah, aren't you earning this amount? He said, Hey, Pastor, I don't earn even. He said, Oh. So he was using his own mind. He had calculated you, you are earning 10,000. So a tenth of it is thousand cities. Okay. So God says, Bring me thousand cities. Otherwise, so so and so. And people to giddy 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 they go charlatans those who take consultation fee before they give you advice we're going to see long line people are there body 500 cities thousand cities and things like that by the time they finish one market day they can buy rose royce <laughs> charlatans let's read first timothy chapter 6 verse 5 Give me NLT for that one. It said these people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. So they'll cause confusion. Your mother is a witch, your father is a witch. 
wamba mama mbrikia mawa ebe how and you go and look for the money from wherever because they want to make money out of you may the lord deliver you from the hands of charlatans number three the abuser say the abuser the abuser they are the ones who abuse the church members pastors are supposed to be shepherds who take care of the flock but there are some shepherds who use the flock for kebab and lie soup abusers oh this is your barrenness this is the fact that you don't have a child I must sleep with you and by the unction I shall open the blockages hey one lady I was speaking to she said at a point in time in her life she felt like she was having lesbian tendencies she was 19 years at that time and so she went to a church and the pastor preached against lesbianism and she was convicted so she went to see the pastor after church the pastor I think I have it he said come and see me at home when they got home the pastor told him the spirit of lesbianism is in the vagina and so to cast it out she should remove her clothes lie down in the litotomy position man of God took oil lubricated his hands and started inserting his fingers while praying in tongues casting out the spirit of lesbianism abusers <laughs> no when you go out there there are strange things though. one lady went somewhere for impaibo there was a bowl basin of of water the man said before you come in your dress whatever you are wearing under the dress remove it and the bow no they said as he's coming to pray for you stand over the bowl like this bowl of water you see evil common sense <laughs> abuses Look, that's what the stories of abuse have encountered. If I say I'll tell you, it's a whole sermon. One lady listened to a preacher on radio. Those preachers who come and they don't preach anything. The whole time, 0244, 025, they, they will announce their number for the whole 30 minutes. Don't preach anything. And she was having problems, like issues in life. So she took the number and called. The guy said, come to my office. When she read the office, most of the time they'll try and tell you what it is that you came with. He said, oh, you, you have been sleeping and dreaming that men are sleeping with you. He said, oh no. I don't dream such dreams. He said, no, you, you've been dreaming but you don't have the spiritual eyes to see the dream. Then it's not a dream. He said, evil spirits have been coming to sleep with her. That is why things are not going on well in her life. And so, he said, okay, so what are we going to do about it? He said the next day, 12 midnight, meet me at the beach and show the things you should bring. You see, in the name of these aquanture things, Florida water, then, 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 all sorts of things. He said, bring it to the beach. And she asked him, so what are we going to do at the beach? And the man was very open. He said, at the beach, I'm going to sleep with you. 
and because I am an anointed man of God when I sleep with you those evil spirits will not dare to come and sleep with you again so I asked her did you go she said no so I wanted to know why she didn't go he said the reason she didn't go was that the man asked for Florida water and that she knows of Florida water they use it to bath dead bodies and they use it in those white garments I was like my God you've been to church for years you can't tell me that that is fornication and it is wrong it is because of Florida water thank God for Florida water <laughs> it saved their life She said later she heard the man had died. What did he die from? HIV. Only God knows how many young ladies he has baptized with that virus. Florida Water has saved her life. Seriously. So there are abuses in the system. For some people it's even physical abuse. And some churches when you do bad things they'll chain you. They'll chain you to some pillar in the church. You don't take and don't even lash you on top of it that they are lashing the spirit stop on the spirit children who are stubborn they'll lash them and that the spirit of stubbornness will leave them one guy he said he had feminine tendencies so the father thought he was going to be gay to come into a certain church and he said they have to lash the spirit out of him he said they lash you now Dalit. he was suffering so he decided to do like he was manifesting some spirit did, 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 and intentionally fell down quietly and said one in our car Cain can cast out devils then why did we have the Holy Ghost there were Cain's in those days so he could have like go and do a sons of Skiva <laughs> abuses may the lord deliver you from abuses the fourth is the divider see the divider they never say anything that will bring unity among people always accusing this person this person is chasing you this person there are, are evil eyes looking at you it, it's true there are some people there are serious evil eyes that are looking at you but these dividers just just use it it's like a divide and rule and divide and conquer kind of thing the divider number five the tickler say the tickler the one who always wants to make the crowd happy they will never say the straight hard truths to the people because that one people don't give utter seed there's some preachings if i preach right now i can be sure nobody will get up and come and plant the seed here because when you get up and you come and sow into the word, it means a wall. If I come and say, fornicators will not enter the kingdom of, and you got up with the seed. <laughs> to come and sow. People say, ah. oh yeah, worship, worship. <laughs> Because we want to excite the people we will preach the things that excite the ideas alter it and by the way the altar is not for me oh. disclaimer those of you who think it's not like that thing when you go to party and somebody is dancing and they come and spray money and they gather out of there I don't take this altar seat to my house I beg you 
This is how Satan, Satan, Satan until it enters your head. Uh-huh. It is not mine. It is for God. Hallelujah. It's for the church. Ticklers want to say the things that excite the people. Make them happy. We don't want to lose church members. So you won't preach the hard truth. It's always encouragement. It's always motivation. It's good to encourage. But you see, all scripture, what Timothy said, no. Rebuke. All, everything. It has to be balanced. It's for rebuke. It's for encouragement. It's for everything. That's some sermons you preach. Nobody will stand on their feet and say, mm. It's a good message. But to God, it's a good message. Hallelujah. That is what God wants you to preach. So you should watch out for ticklers. They just want to tickle you and make you excited. And the last one, the speculator. See the speculator. These are preachers who are obsessed with novelty. When I say novelty, it's like new. It's like every time they open their mouth, they must say something nobody has said before. Revi, in this age where we love revelation. Look, revelation is good. Oh, I love revelation. But when you have to overstretch scripture just to squeeze a revelation out of it, it is a problem. Hallelujah. This is the age where we measure the depth of a preacher by how confusing their preaching is. It is deep. It is deep. The guy is deep. What did he say? Oh, he's deep. What did he preach? It was deep. You can't even recollect anything, but the thing was deep. Sometimes what we call deep is, is, is what Paul refers to, enticing words of man's wisdom. Sometimes people can put some nice words together. It sounds very spiritual. But when you sit down and you analyze, you realize the person has said nothing. Absolutely nothing. But they put the words together nicely and it sounds very spiritual. And it sounds very, very deep. But it's nothing. Look, at the end of the day, when you hear the word of God, you should be able to apply it to your life. No matter how revelatory it is, at the end of the day, it should change something in your life. It should add something to your life. Hallelujah. It's different from being in theology class. Theology class, people who go there are people who themselves will go and preach. So then when you present the thing raw like that, and blah, 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 blah. So that when a person is going to preach, they can tailor it to people's needs. So that at the end of the day, the people will benefit. Jesus was the simplest preacher you would ever get. Nothing complex, nothing complicated. If Jesus was preaching, you would never stand and fold your arms and say, mm, 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 it's deep. He was just telling simple stories relating to things that the people could relate to. A farmer, a this, a that, there was a judge. You say, ah, what's this man to you come and just tell stories like that? But they were powerful and they are still powerful. Hallelujah. Let's not be obsessed with complexity when it comes to the word of God. Look, there is a lot of beauty in even if there is complexity, it must person to be able to appreciate. There was a time in church history, all the sermons were delivered in Latin. How many people understood Latin those days? So the sermon just became a time for the priest to display his prowess in speaking Latin. It was during those times that people like Martin Luther had to rise and say, No, 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 no. These things must stop. Because the church was dead in those days. Let's not be obsessed with complexity. Things looking too shrouded. You know, when it comes to something like eschatology, 
I believe in eschatology and all of that. But at the end of the day, the message should be that if Jesus should come tomorrow, you should be prepared. People can give different interpretations and the dragon means Russia and the dragon means Brazil and the dragon means India. Another person will say this and this and this and this and that. Like different, different. At the end of the day, the core message is that whether there is you are a millennialist or a millennialist or whatever they call it be prepared for the second coming of christ and prepare the people around you for it simple that is the core message it's not about who knows what this means and what this means and the complexity it's nice when we know these things but at the end of the day how does it apply to the people you are preaching to the speculator take the scripture and stretch it like a rubber band when it's about to tear you no know, you get some small rvb out of it he go and present it to the people and sometimes the people are confused and you ask are you enjoying the sermon meanwhile the people are confused the speculator those of you who are preachers here i want your core message to be christ-centered hallelujah it must edify the people the people must be able to relate to it it's not a show of eloquence it's not a show of what you know it's not a show of brilliance at the end of the day the word must impact the people bishop dark said the best sermons are the ones that are put in points easy to remember easy to recall easy to re-preach because actually if the word of god is like a seed according to the parable of the sower the life cycle of the seed doesn't end with bearing fruit the life cycle of the seed ends with the seed being replanted for another plant to grow out of it that means you too you must preach what you hear hallelujah you must be able to tell somebody what you heard but if at the end of the day you can't even get the head and tail of what has been preached because the preacher was a speculator who was just speaking around your head at the end of the day nobody will gain anything and so you must watch out for the heretic you must watch out for the charlatan you must watch out for the divider you must watch out for the tickler and you must watch out for the speculator and as many of you are going to be preachers of the gospel many of you are going to be teachers of the gospel apostles and prophets to the nations my prayer is that your teaching and your preaching will be christ-centered it will be centered on the core message of the gospel of jesus christ it will not be about you and what you know it will not be about you and, and what you can show the people that you know you preach that which Christ wants you to preach. You preach the heartbeat of God. That is when people will have testimonies that the words that you've been preaching have transformed my life. My life has changed. Something has been added onto my life. Not that you spoke about the heads of the people. I want us to stand and pray right now. I want to pray for the church universal. The entire church of God. I want to pray for the entire church of God. These people are spoken about have infiltrated the system because of the power of the internet anybody can be heard from anywhere and because of that people are deceiving people people are abusing people we want to pray that lord let there be sanity in the body of christ once again let there be sanity in the body of christ once again those that are preaching false things i think it's time for god to bring down the false and elevate the truth the ones with the true message must now have expression they must have 
slots on tv stations they must have slots on radio stations they must own tv stations own radio stations for people to hear the true gospel the true word of god not people who stand there and mention their phone number for 20 minutes and not preach a single word you want to lift up your voice that lord elevate the true prophets the true teachers the true preachers you want to pray that even if possible may the lord starve the finances of those that are just deceiving people let there be a wealth transfer in the sister in the spirit lift up your voice begin to pray in the name of jesus pray for the universal church the church across the globe in america in nigeria in ghana we want to pray the lord let the truth stand in the name of jesus in the name of jesus christ of Nazareth. lift up your voice 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 lastly we want to pray against attempts by the devil to corrupt the word of god to reduce people's faith in the authenticity of the word of god these are things that have been planned and planted from the pits of hell the da vinci code and those things are just the beginning there are more on the way but we want to pray and destroy those works of the enemy if they are planning more of such books more of such films to confuse people we want to confuse that agenda in the name of jesus christ of those pieces of wrong information that are meant to confuse people and you want to pray that the, the curiosity of people to want to even read these books and to watch these films will be reduced in the name of jesus sometimes you are scrolling through facebook you are scrolling through youtube and you come across certain things and some of those things it's better not to even go to read because when you read it puts doubts in your mind it causes confusion in your mind you want to pray and come against all those the agenda of the of the enemy to confuse people's minds we want to declare that the word of god shall stand in our generation the truth of the word of god shall stand in our generation no evil shall corrupt the truth in the word of god in the name of jesus christ of nazareth lift up your voice and pray 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 Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. In the name of Jesus, we silence the lies. We silence untruths. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Finally, I want you to pray for yourself. The Lord, let my hunger for the Word of God move to another level. When we are talking about the fact that you must check it with Scripture, when you don't have the Word of God in your heart, you take anything that is presented to you. There are certain things when a person says because you know the word you know immediately that no there is something wrong with this thing we wake up in the morning there's no hunger for the word we want to come against that anorexia for the word of god the lord place a hunger for your word the preached word of god the written word of god lift up your voice begin to pray in the name of jesus the lord take my hunger for your word to another level in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god lift up your voice and pray 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 in the name of jesus in the name of jesus lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray father in the name of jesus we thank you for this morning we thank you for this word i pray in the name of jesus that this word will be cemented deep down in our spirits 
I pray Lord that you open the eyes of our understanding make our discernment sharp oh God in this day and age where the system is flooded with charlatans and abusers and dividers we pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you give us an eye for the authentic father we pray that by your spirit let the true prophets of the day be elevated and let the false prophets be brought down like it happened on the mount of camel let history be repeated in the name of jesus christ of nazareth let elijah the elijah and the seven thousand prophets who had not bowed down their knees to bow receive expression in our generation in the mighty name of jesus lord we pray that you give access to television stations to radio stations to social media platforms to them that are carrying the unadulterated word of god and father we pray coming against the agenda of hell to corrupt the word of god in the minds of the people lord the finances that are used to produce these films and to produce these these books that are confusing people may those finances be frozen in the mighty name of jesus and father those with gifts to write books that will liberate the minds of people give them the financial clout for them to be able to publish these books books with revelations from heaven books with revelations that will take people to another level in their work with god father we pray for ourselves let a hunger for your word come upon us like never before when we leave this place today let a hunger consume us let let a famine let, let, let us wish to ravish the word of god like never before in the name of jesus christ of nazareth and father when we take our bibles to read we pray for the grace to receive rhema from you speak to us oh god concerning our situations by the word that we read from your word in the name of jesus grant us the habit to read script, scriptural and, 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 and spiritual Christian literature. Books that will edify us. Books that will take us to the next level. Father, we thank you for today. We pray that by your grace we shall be doers of your word and not listeners only. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord? Trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! 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 Overflow!